0: Welcome to Thinking Into Success. I'm Dr. J.A. Jones, your spiritual coach, encourager, and friend. I'm here to help you find spiritual solutions to real problems. Each week we deliver solutions to issues you're facing in life or someone you care about. Let's get started. Welcome again to Thinking Into Success. I'm Dr. J.A. Jones. I'm glad to be with you. Today It's a topic that is so relevant to our current environment in our society that we need to address without a doubt. Racism, how your skin can cause certain results. I want to say it one more time. Racism, how your skin can cause certain results. Here's God's word. Here's a principle for The solution to racism. One of the principles that is God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35. There are scriptures that address racism. God is the creator of all man, woman, Red, yellow, black, and white, we are all precious in God's sight. Today we have something I'm going to address. I have addressed it previously, but we're going to take it a step further. It's the skin you're in. It's the skin you're in. Here's an article. African-American women talk about their experiences of racism an exploratory study to develop measures of racism from birth outcome studies. Here's another principle. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Love is important. If you don't love yourself, It's tough to love somebody else. We must show unconditional love. We must show love toward one another. Not hate, but love. Many people are hating African Americans. Now, everybody counts. All lives matter. But this podcast today is about racism against African-Americans, blacks, colored people, however you look at it, it's a serious issue in our society today. I love this article that I found, it's the skin you're in. Some people don't understand skin. Someone said beauty is only skin deep. You ever heard of that before? Beauty is only skin deep. Well, bad behavior appears to be based on skin and not the character or the knowing of a person. Black, brown people, people show bad behavior or horrific or stupid behavior, ignorant behavior, probably more so, but it's still bad behavior toward African-Americans for whatever reason. And we'll talk about that. And most of us understand what's really going on. I love what Dr. Mark Luther King Jr. said in 1963. He said this, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. He said these words on August the 28th, 1963. These immortal words, he spoke to a crowd of over 200,000 people who had gathered for the now historic march on Washington, D.C. to demand an end to racial segregation in the United States of America and for equality in jobs and civil rights and much much more based on that article about it's the skin you're in here's some thoughts stress due to experiences of racism could contribute to african-american women adverse birth outcomes but systematic Efforts to measure relevant experiences among childbearing women have been limited at that time. Now, we explore the racism of experiences of childbearing African American women to inform subsequent development of improved measures for birth outcomes research. Here's some methods six focus groups were conducted. With a total of 40 socioeconomically diverse African American women of childbearing age in four Northern California cities. Results Women reported experiencing racism throughout their life course, with childhood experiences seemingly particularly noticeable and to have especially. Enduring effects directly and vicariously, particularly in relation to their children, in interpersonal, institutional, and internalized forms across different life areas or life domains, with active passive responses and with pervasive vigilance, anticipating threats to themselves and their children here's the conclusion this exploratory study finds support for the need for measures of reflecting the complexity of childbearing african-american women racism experiences in addition hopefully you understand all of this this is coming from this particular article interpersonal experiences across multiple domains or areas and active passive responses, which have been measured, birth outcomes research should also measure women's childhood experiences and their potentially enduring impact. Okay, as we go forward, now perceptions of institutionalized racism and internalized negative stereotypes vicarious experiences related to their children, vigilance in in anticipating future racism events, as well as pervasiveness and continuing of racism exposure, all of which could be sources of ongoing stress with potentially serious implications for birth outcomes. Think about that. (laughs) That's a mouthful. That's a lot to think about. It's important for us to think as humans. Think about what we're doing. Think about what we are thinking about. So this is my tat. That's what I call it. T-A-T. Think about this. Think about what I just read to you. Think about racism and how your skin impact outcomes, without a doubt. Whether you're black, it impact outcomes. You can be hindered. You can be ostracized. Systemic racism is real. Education system, the educational system for sure, the workforce for sure, the community for sure, The banking industry, for sure. And ongoing, on and on and on and on. So think about this. Why? Because it's good to think. As a human, thinking is the first step to knowing. People are not knowledgeable of this situation. If you haven't been through this, I'm talking about really been through it from one generation to the next, you cannot relate to it. So I'm an Adverse Childhood Experience certified facilitator by ACE Overcomers, as well as other organizations I have been certified to speak on Adverse Childhood Experiences. Even before the certification, I still (laughs) can speak about Adverse Childhood Experiences personally, for sure, as well as The people that I have talked to over the years, the hundreds and thousands of people I have counseled individually as well as collectively in a group setting, couples, so on and so on. Different platforms from churches to community events, the things that I have spoke and things that I have saw and things that I have experienced personally when it comes to adverse childhood experiences. I've been through some tough times as a child growing up, and that has impacted my life. But as we address an issue here today about racism, many times when people show prejudices toward blacks or African-Americans or people of color, that's which one ever you can relate to or understand, whether you're white, for sure, whether you have a certain position in life, and that's the problem we have in our society, how uh, the disparity here relates to understanding this moment in our society because of the institutionalized racism. Now, as we go forward to understand the details of understanding how women, African-American women, that is, have been impacted because of Racism. Those are one of the things. Here's another article by Chuck, I N G O G L I A, that's his last name, special to Cal Matters. This is what he said It's time to change the conversation in healthcare. Rather than asking what is wrong with this person, medical professionals might ask what happened to this person. California Surgeon General Nadine Burke Harris and an increasing number of practitioners are changing the conversation because they recognize that trauma early in life, child separation, here we go, here are some of the child traumas early in life, child separation, racism, neglect, abuse, or poverty, for instance, can manifest itself years later with devastating consequences. Because of the skin you're in, there there are inevitably consequences. Dr. Burke Harris, a pediatrician, hopes to reduce the effects of toxic stress and adverse childhood experiences, also known as ACEs, A-C-E, by 50% in one Generation. Now, that is a noble venture. That's a noble attitude or a vision of hers. I think that's admirable, without a doubt. Let me go on. Let me go further here. To achieve that goal, Dr. Burke Harris announced in June that practitioners throughout California with adopt, they will adopt trauma inform primary care by expanding trauma screening and training for medical professionals trauma informed primary care has its roots in a collaboration that began in 1995 between Kaiser Permanente and the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Researchers assessed more than 17,000 individuals to determine the psychological impact of adverse childhood experiences during the first 18 years of their life. Major findings from that initial study showed a strong correlation between adverse childhood experiences early in one's life and illness later in life. People who experienced a combination of four types of adverse childhood events had a 240% greater risk of hepatitis, were 250% more likely to have a sexually transmitted disease, and were 390% more likely to have pulmonary disease. There are was also a link between ACEs and risky behavior leading to diminished health. People who experience an adverse childhood event were twice as likely to use tobacco products, seven times more likely to misuse alcohol, ten times more likely to have injected street drugs, and twelve times more likely to have attempted suicide. Now, here's an article from Dr. Burke Harris from a 2014 TED Talk. This is what she said We now understand better than we ever have before how exposure to early adversity affects the developing brains and bodies of children. When we understand the mechanisms of a disease, When we know not only which pathways are disrupted, but how, then as doctors, it is our job to use this science for prevention and treatment. This is treatable. This is beatable. The single most important thing that we need today is the courage to look at this problem in the face and say, this is real And this is all of us. Wow. What a statement from Dr. Burke Harris, the current surgeon general of California. Now, I do like what she said. It is treatable. And this is beatable. And this is real. And this podcast addresses real issues. And we're going to show you spiritual solutions, science has proven many things and has discovered many things, but the scriptures addresses all things because God created us all and he created the scriptures for us to live by. It helps us to get better from this real issue that we all are dealing with. Now with this bold move, let me go forward. California, is leading the nation in creating a health care model that recognizes mental wellness cannot be separated from physical health. I want to say that one more time. Mental wellness cannot be separated from physical health. A model every state in the nation must adopt. Integrating trauma-informed care into primary care will require a fundamental change in the established health care model. The National Council for Behavior Health is supporting adoption of trauma-informed primary care through the development of ease-to-use tools and implementation strategies contained in a new resource. It's called Fostering Resilience and Recovery, a change package for advancing trauma-informed primary care. This carefully developed change package offers the latest guidance on screening for trauma, suggests trauma services, and offers steps for the organizational changes necessary as practitioners embrace this shift in integrated care and was developed with the financial support of Kaiser Permanente. California must not stand alone in its commitment to trauma-informed primary care. Every state should look to California as their North Star and embrace trauma-informed care as the norm, not the exception. Now, that's important. Here's, that's that article that it was written, and it's a well-written article for us to think about in many Healthcare professionals, as well as other sects in our society, other things, other organizations in the health and wellness industry to make a difference by understanding this. Now, here's the principle from Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, synthened, Slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So racism is not for today. Even though it's happening, it should not be happening. That's what I mean. It's not for today. It's wrong. It's tragic. It is just wrong. Here's another article from the Burke Foundation. Children affected by adverse experiences domestic violence, poverty, substance abuse, incarceration, and systemic racism, among others, are seven times more likely to develop alcoholism as an adult and four times more likely to become juvenile offenders than those with no adverse childhood experiences. In early childhood, the effects are even more profound impacting a critical stage of brain development that could cause lifelong physical, mental, and emotional harm. Now, in New Jersey, based on this article, more than 40% of children under the age of 18 have experienced one or more ACEs, and more than 18% have experienced at least two children of color, those from low-income backgrounds, Foster children are at high risk of exposure to multiple ACEs. Now here's, I'm not going to read the whole article, but I just want to give some background from her foundation, what she had to say. Now, as I go down further, here's the report highlights five key areas of opportunity that are in New Jersey and what happens in New Jersey happens everywhere because we are all human beings is just some areas are more colored with it than others. I'm gonna say it in that fashion. Supporting parents, here we go. Number one, supporting parents and caregivers. You gotta have supporting parents and caregivers for children. Providing training and professional development in trauma-informed care. Promoting community awareness of ACEs. Advancing policies and practices that help children and families thrive. The fifth one is this, collecting, analyzing, and sharing data and research. This report shows the clear linkage between childhood adversity as the root cause of many short and long-term health, economic, and social challenges. We believe this work presents a real urgent opportunity to make changes in the way our systems work for families and children and to develop a statewide coordinated response. This came from James Burke, president of the Burke Foundation. What can we do as we go forward? How can we look for solutions to racism? One of the things we can do to make our world a better place, examine our own heart. Now, there's a principle in the book of Corinthians. Before people take the Lord's Supper, communion, the sacrament, the Holy Sacrament, it says, let a man examine his own heart. I spoke about this before, but it's worth sharing again. We must examine where we stand, who we really are from the inside out. How we are thinking and feeling from the inside out. The next thing is this. Skin doesn't make you inferior or superior. We must know this in order to make our world a better place. There's too much strife, too much arguing, too much bickering, too much fighting, too much political issues. Too much going on between one community and the next community, between black and white, red, yellow, brown. It's too much of that. We have to understand skin doesn't make you inferior or superior. Now, in our world, people think that because your skin is black or brown, you're inferior. If you are black, color, or however you want to look at it, you are inferior to white people. At least that's what Some of them think, I'm not saying every white person or every Caucasian, but most think that I have dealt with, (laughs) that a lot of us have dealt with, that black people are inferior and they are superior. That's not true. No one can change the color of their skin. I did not choose to be African American or black. Or color, however you want to associate that with me. You did not choose to be white or whatever your color is. But we can change how we view each other. Despite of our skin differences, despite of our skin color. People have a tendency to convince themselves that they are a god over another race. Just because of skin color. It's the skin you're in that people judge, not the character from the inside. So we need to look at people, not from the outside, but who they really are. Here's another thing that we can do to make the world a better place. Look in the mirror and ask yourself the hard question. Is there any racism or judging others unfairly based on my own upbringing? or adverse childhood experiences, or just in general, how you were raised. Look in the mirror and ask yourself that question. The next one is this, address the problem. Telling yourself none of these racial issues affects me. You're not being real with yourself. Here's another one. Intentionally start building relationships. This shows if you love God, if you're a Christian that is, You will reach out to others. If you don't have a relationship with God, then you don't know what I am talking about. If you're white or Caucasian, you don't know what I'm talking about. If you don't have a relationship with God, I am not talking about a passive one. I'm talking about a real relationship where you talk to him every day. Whether you, when you read his word, the Bible, When you implement what the word says, I have given you several scriptures that relates to racism, how it should not be. Here's my last point on this. Empathy. Whites need or Caucasians need to show empathy toward African-Americans. Now, we may say vice versa. Sure, sure. I can go with that. But the issue at hand is racism against African-Americans. It is a real problem in our society. And what I have learned and what I have saw on TV when white men and possibly women are trying to address an issue of racism as it relates to black people. They don't know how to relate. They have verbally stated that because they haven't been down that road. So if you have not been down that road, you don't know how rough the road can be or how rough and rugged the road is for African-Americans, blacks, colored, however you want to look at it. Empathy is important. That's my point. Empathy. The noun is this, the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Here's my understanding of empathy. To me, basically, it means to think to the point where you put yourself into someone else's shoes, that someone is black people, as if it were you going through what they are facing. Put yourself in their shoes. Try your best. You should empathize with blacks. Here's a clip. Three or four clips I'm going to show you in a moment. I love this movie. It's a real life crime that inspired John Grisham to write, here's the title A Time to Kill. It has remained a secret since he began writing it almost three decades ago. It was one of those crimes you never forget, said the 58-year-old best-selling author who began his career as a lawyer in Memphis suburb of South Haven. Here's the summary of this movie. Carly Haley, Samuel L. Jackson, is a heartbroken black father who avenges his daughter, brutal rape by shooting the bigoted men responsible for the crime as they are on their way to trial. He turns to Jake, which is played by Matthew McConaughey, as a untested lawyer to defend him. He struggles to believe that he can get Haley acquitted in this small, segregated southern town. Given Haley's race and the deliberate nature of his crimes, but Carl has unshakable faith in him. Now, I'm going to play you a clip, three or four, actually three clips of the movie. The first one would be the prison scene. The second one would be the closing argument of this particular case. And the third one would be the ending scene. And hopefully you can hear this clip.
1: no more points of law to argue here. I, I want to copy a plea. Maybe Buckley will cop us a second-degree murder and we
2: need to just life in prison. Check I, I can't do no life in prison. You gotta get me off. Now, if it's you, on will It's out. not me. We're not the same, Carly.
1: The jury has to identify with the defendant. They see you, they see a yard worker. They see me, they see an attorney. I live in
2: town, you live on the hill. Well, oh, you white and I'm black. <sighs> CJ, you think just like them. That's why I picked you. You one of them, don't you see? Oh, you think you ain't cause you eating clothes and, and, and you out there trying to get me off on TV talking about black and white. But, fact is, you just like all the rest of them. When you look at me, you don't see a man. You see a black man. Carly, I am your friend. We ain't no friends, Jake. We on different sides of the line. I ain't never seen you in my part of town. I bet you don't even know where I live. Our daughters, Jake. They ain't never going to play together. What are you talking about? America is a war. And you on the other side. How a black man ever going to get a fair trial with the enemy on the bench in the jury box? My life in white hands. You, Jake. That's how. You my secret weapon. Because you of the bad guys. You don't mean to be. But y'all. It's how you was raised. Nigger. Negro. Black. African American. No matter how you see me. You see me as different. You see me like that jury sees me. You are them. Now throw out your points of law, Jake. If you was on that jury. What would it take to convince you to set me free? That's how you save us both.
0: Now here is the uh, closing argument.
1: I had a great summation all worked out. Pulled some sharp lawyer. but I'm not going to read it. I'm here to apologize. I am young, and I am inexperienced. But you cannot hold Carl Lee Haley responsible for my shortcomings. you see, in all this legal maneuvering, something has gotten lost. And that something is the truth. Now, it is incumbent upon us lawyers not to just talk about the truth. But to actually seek it, to find it, to live it. My teacher taught me that. Let's take Dr. Bass, for example. Now, obviously, I would have never knowingly put a convicted felon on the stand. I hope you can't believe that. But what is the truth? That that, that he's a disgraced liar? What if I told you that the woman he was accused of raping was 17? He was 23 that she later became his wife bore his child and is still married to the man today. Does that make his testimony more or less true? What is it in us that seeks the truth? Is it our minds or is it our hearts? I set out to prove a black man could receive a fair trial in the South that we are all equal in the eyes of the law. That's not the truth, because the eyes of the law are human eyes, yours and mine, and until we can see each other as equals, justice is never going to be even-handed. It will remain nothing more than a reflection of our own prejudices. So until that day, we have a duty under God to seek the truth, not with our eyes, not with our minds, where fear and hate turn commonality into prejudice, but with our hearts. Well, we don't know better. I want to tell you a story. I'm going to ask you all to close your eyes. I'll tell you this story. I want you to listen to me. But don't you listen to yourselves? Clothes from her body. In a fog of drunken breath and sweat. And when they're done, they decide to use it for target practice. So they start throwing full beer cans at her. They throw them so hard. There's the flesh all the way to her bones. Now comes the hanging. You have a rope. You tie a noose. Imagine the noose calling tied around her neck. Sudden blinding jerk. Pulled into the air and her feet and legs go kicking as they, they don't find the ground. The hanging branch isn't strong enough. It snaps and she falls back to the earth. So they pick her up, throw in the back of the truck, and drive out to Foggy Creek Bridge. Pitch her over the edge. She drops some thirty feet down to the creek bottom below. Can you see her? Left to die. Can you see her? I want you to picture a little girl. Now imagine she's white. The defense restroom.
0: Wow, wow. We just heard the closing argument, A Time to Kill. I thought it was incredible. Here's the last scene in relation to A Time to Kill. The ending scene. This is the lawyer coming to visit Carl Haley. He was acquitted. He was set free. Now he's coming to his home.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Brought you some peach cotton. Oh. Thank you. Come on in. Emma, this is my daughter Tanya. Hi. Nice to meet you, Anna.
1: He's thought our kids could play together.
0: Okay, here we go. Here's a great ending to a tragic situation, for sure. Never should have happened, but it did. So, when white and black families can play, eat, talk, and come together in healthy relationships and understand that no one is inferior Or superior to anyone else or to any other race or ethnic group. This helps us to level life in equality and not inequality. Here's my last principle for the solution to racism. And he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with, or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. Acts chapter 10, verse 28. Thank you for listening to Thinking into Success. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, click the like and follow button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. I look forward to you being with us on the next episode. Until next time.